1: Eric Cole, Gaurav Vidak, and Garrett Spain.
2: What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Road to Atlanta. I know it's a little bit strange that we're having so many episodes back-to-back, but with all the, pro- the prospect list rolling out last week, Gaurav and I came to you on Friday, and we talked a little bit about the prospect list. And joining me tonight to kind of get us caught up on what's going on in the minor leagues is one Garrett Spain. You may know him from Twitter as BravesMILB. Garrett, what's going on, man?
1: I am doing all right. I'm going to be honest. I know you agree with me. You know, we're past the adrenaline and work of the prospect list and the draft and all that, and I'm a little bit tired. It's kind of that August slog we go through every year where it just gets a little bit tiring. I know a lot of the the players are feeling it more, too. It's it's more, it's the time of year where baseball gets a little hard to watch in the minor leagues, and it gets even harder when you're tired yourself.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't even have the energy today to do kind of the normal intro just because, you know, we recorded Road to Atlanta with Garav on Friday. It was a ton of fun talking about the prospect list that we worked really hard on. Make sure you go look at that prospect list. It's over on com, and you can look at how our rankings broke down. Um, and then going into that show, that was the, the rollout of the wet list into that show. And then Saturday was, you know, ostensibly was supposed to be my day off. Uh, and I took my daughter fishing very, very early in the morning. Uh, and so I didn't get a whole lot of rest then. And then I covered the flagship show on, on this very feed, uh, covering for one Brad Roland, who is currently traveling for the NBA summer league. And so I did the flagship show with Scott. Uh, yesterday and then today we're doing road to Atlanta today. So I'm, I am gotten my, a, quite a bit of podcasting done recently and there's been a ton of my voice on this feed. So I'm going to do my best to kind of, you know, make sure I throw it to Garrett a good bit, getting his thoughts out there, you know, and I will be chipping in here and there, but I hope you guys understand if I'm maybe not quite as verbose as I normally am. Uh, it's been a long road to get here between the draft and then the trade deadline and then our prospect list rollout. You know, again, for us, this is kind of like the home stretch, particularly on the minor league side. We thoroughly enjoy it, don't get us wrong, but in terms of just the kind of, in this moment, especially this particular week, uh, definitely feels like a bit of a grind, but I did want to make sure we got a podcast out this week, kind of get back on schedule posting on Mondays and getting sort of kind of caught up with what's going on out down there in the minor leagues as we kind of slowly wrap this season up maybe we'll do one more show like this maybe a couple of mailbag sh- mailbag shows here and there to kind of close the season out for us as well uh as we kind of drift into kind of our off season in a lot of ways um before we kind of get into some of the newsy stuff Garrett I wanted to ask you because I talked to G- Garov a good bit about it um was there any- when, once we got the list finalized was there anything in particular that stood out to you it's kind of like something that was a surprise or something that was kind of a curiosity if you will about kind of how our list turned
1: out you know, I think the big difference that we had between everybody was having Schwellenbach above Cusick. Now obviously, I'm not 100% sure that would hold true now, now that we have the injury news, but. Yeah, it, it, it was so close, I'm not sure if it was. Right. I, I, but I definitely think that that was kind of a, it was kind of a thing where it kind of shows where we all feel. I think that showed kind of where we all feel about guys with major relieve of risk like that, and guys that are, you know, and the way we look at lottery tickets and kind of how we, I think that that kind of showed a lot of our thought process. I, I think overall this year, none of us really had a particularly, we all in general, especially at the top of the list, we all pretty much had the same guys in the same spots. One through 10 was pretty much the same list. And then, after that it got a little weird, but no one was ever there wasn't anything like except like where we had a lot of variation on it i'm kind of I'm glad to see that we're all you know we're kind of a lot of times we kind of lead the pack with guys, and it's nice to see that you know a lot of the younger guys are that normally we're you know like a guy like von Grissom, we'd be a year or two ahead of. Pipeline, Baseball America, places like that, just because we see these guys more often and kind of get a better feel for them earlier. And, you know, it's good to see that we're kind of not as far off nationally as we usually are. These guys are getting better and more attention earlier on, which I think is good. for These guys, I I like to see them get, you know, the recognition they deserve. And it's it's fun to see us kind of, it's fun to see other publications coming a little bit closer to what we've been doing for a few years now, I think. Yeah, it definitely kind of keeps most
2: of the commenters from yelling at us quite as much. Um, I'll, I'll go a step further. I don't think it was as, it was as deep as 1 through 10 is kind of very similar. That tier of like 1 through 7 was about, like, there was some variation there, but it was like minor. It was like, you know, like flipping guys a spot or two here and there in those 7. But 8 through 15 was like, the names were the same. But there were wide variations in like, you know, like who was above and who was below. Like some, some had Cusick, in Schwellenbach, some didn't. Um, you know, and, you know, like where, where to slot in Vaughn Grissom and some of these other guys who have made strides, you know, like kind of where to slot them in in those early teens and things like that. It got really, it was really, like you look at those numbers and you're just like, it felt super, super close. And that's why I've been really harping on, I harped it on here. I've harped on on the flagship show, I've harped on it in the articles, this is that, that tier was so close voting-wise that like, I know that the 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 number, the difference between number 8 and number 15 feels like a big difference, like percentage-wise of the list, but like voting-wise it really, really wasn't. And I, I I hope that people realize that. I want it to be clear that that's a, that's a very clearly defined tier, I think, of players, but that doesn't mean within that tier it's very clearly defined at all. So, uh, again, yeah, it was a, it was a fascinating list to do to do this year. I'm really interested to see kind of what information we get out of instructs. I'm really going to have my ear down to the ground as to kind of how what guys are doing and how they're not doing. Hopefully, we can kind of get a better sense of what we what the Braves think they have and what adjustments are going to be made and what they think of these guys after finally getting a year of minor league you know playing under them. Um, again, it was kind of a wild list. Uh, I'm again always proud of that list, but it was a, it was definitely an interesting one because that's just, nothing. Felt as certain as I thought it would be. Normally, once we get some data from the minor leagues and we get our eyes on guys, it feels like we kind of understand where the the system is supposed to be. And again, like guys like Vaughn Grissom and other and other guys, like I feel like we're like we're we're on the right guys. But at the same time, you know, Freddie Tarnock is another example. You're, you're kind of keeping tabs on guys who we think are going to be good, but. You know in terms of like certainty of like who's above who and like and all that uh feels much less certain uh, even at the top of the the list right with like between pache waters and Michael Harris Shay Langoliers Kyle muller i you could make real arguments for all those guys to be in a lot of different orders really and truly um and it's you know I, it's not as settled as I thought it was going to be and i that that's some of that is pache and waters kind of like not. Like being particularly impressive. Michael Harris being very good, but not like ascendant or anything like that. So it's just kind of a, it was a weird, it's a weird situation to be sure. It's a weird list right now. It's a weird system right now. Uh, one that's really enjoyable, but one that's where the answers in terms of who's, who's coming up sooner and who's, you know, who's, who's the hot prospect right now. It's not particularly clear. With the notable exception of Spencer Strider, who frankly blew all of us away and went from, you know, an unranked guy to being like number six on our list, who has been uh, a lot of fun, particularly in days when Garrett Spain is not recapping them, because uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware, but uh, whenever Garrett is, recaps a, a game that happens to have Spencer Strider in it, that's when I think all of his bad starts have been. And then uh, every other you know day of the week, whenever he has been able to fall on another one of our writers, he's pitched his brains out. So yeah, if you have any issues whenever Spencer has a, a bad game, you can probably bet that Garrett is the one recapping it, and you should certainly send your uh, complaints to him. Um, so we haven't had a lot of um, – we had some assignments from the draft. We haven't seen a lot of promotions. We might still see some guys getting pumped, bumped up, you know, in the last few weeks of the season here. Again, that's something we see fairly regularly. Just kind of giving a guy a taste of the next level. Uh, I could see a bunch of guys being, getting that little bump, but you know, for right now, we haven't seen a lot of those promotions to kind of like newsy type stuff. The biggest stuff has been on the rehab side of things where Waskari Noah, Ian Anderson, and Travis Darno have all been rehabbing, uh, you know, as a starter, two in, Ian Anderson's like a, a like a, I think a start behind. You know, in terms of his overall rehab, and Darno's just finishing up uh, his rehab as they head their back to the major leagues. Uh, what have you seen from those three guys? What have you liked, and what have you not
1: liked? Yeah, I mean, you know, with Anderson, it's not re- it wasn't really a long rehab, so it's more just. Start to start, I don't really care what he does, honestly. It's just stretch him out, get him ready, get him back to the major leagues. You know, Noah, I'm glad to see – he started off pretty strong in that game. If I remember correctly, he kind of fell off towards the end. But he had a fairly strong start, got out at the gates good, which is, you know, obviously the deal with him is going to be the same with Anderson. you got to get him stretched back out, but it's going to be a slightly longer process just because of how much longer he's out. It's good to see that the stuff is – there, there isn't really a drop off from the long layoff. He's pitching fairly well. And so, you know, that's a good sign from him. Um, you know, and Darno is another one that I don't really, you know, Darno, we know the history of the guy. So it really doesn't matter what he does. He's going to be the starter when he comes back. I'm just really happy that he seems like he's progressing well and is going to take over the horrid catching situation right now. Um, and back to you, Noah, you know, I, I didn't complete that thought with Inoa. He is competing for that fifth spot right now. And Mueller kind of seems like he has it on lock. But, you know, he pitched very, very well this year. And if Mueller starts to struggle and is looking good, they might decide to go back with him. That's going to be a really interesting decision to see at the major league level to see. You know, it seems like Tukey hasn't pitched well enough and he's going to be, you know, on the one on the outside. But, when Anderson comes back, that's going to push Suki out. And then you have Enoa's coming back, which is going to leave the decision between Muller and Enoa And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I favor Muller, but its I don't know that there's really a particularly bad choice there. I think they're both fairly similar in that they're going to have bad starts, they're going to have good starts, and you're not going to get a ton of innings out of either one. I wouldn't be surprised to see Enoa kind of fill a longer relief um, roll around Mueller. Yeah.
2: It sounds like that,
1: uh, Garrett's dogs are
2: particularly big fans of Oscar, you Noah. it's not from the, from the sounds of things
1: or really, really
2: not. It's unclear as to which one at the moment, but, um, you know, I, again, the guys have looked fine, uh, rehabbing no, nothing that's particularly concerning. Uh, I tend to be of the opinion that, you e- would be in a good spot to be when they need a six starter or they can use a six starter to give guys extra rest. That would be great. Um, or if they were to, you know, need long relief and things like that, gotta kind of put him in that spot. That's still a really valuable spot, particularly when you have a guy like Drew Spiley on your team who can't seem to go past the second time in the through the order, which is frankly just a good idea. Um and you might have some guys who are getting a little bit tired, you look at like Charlie Morton is kind of an older guy, or guys like Max Fried who just benefit from having that extra day of rest. So I I I see a world where Eno is both kind of can play both roles since he has experience in the bullpen, whereas in Muller's case, I think he's been really good the rotation, and I'd be really hesitant to take him out of it. To be to be bluntly honest, I'm not sure if he would like necessarily thrive in a bullpen role, and I, I don't know if he necessarily has the kind of mindset to just be able to prep like a bullpen guy and then prep like a starter back and forth. You know, switching roles back and forth, we've seen where some guys can do that and some guys just really really can't. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, other news: uh, Jason Kipnis is put on the injured list, uh, unknown as to what that injury is, but frankly, he hasn't factored into much of uh anything <laughs> this particular season is just kind of a kind of a quad a quad a guy who has experience in the major leagues and you kind of have him at your triple a team just in case something happens but it seems like orlando r c is going to be the the guy that you would be slotting in in that spot if need be so just you know again just worth noting that you know he's on the injured list and the other news was that luke waddell uh was assigned to rome uh for high a straight out of the draft uh has performed okay hasn't been particularly awesome But for a guy that's as advanced as he is, uh, especially with his hit tool, not particularly surprising. that The bridge wouldn't be a little bit, wouldn't be afraid to challenge him a little bit by sending him to high A and kind of see what he could do. Uh, With all that said, let's get to breaking down each of the levels. Uh, And we're going to do Gwinnett before we go to our commercial break. Talk to me about your guys at Gwinnett that you want to like, that have kind of caught your eye, who's been good, who hasn't been good. And overall, just kind
1: of what your thoughts are. Yeah. So Christian Pache had a, fairly decent week last week you know it wasn't spectacular I don't he hasn't really had a single stretch this year where he's been spectacular but he's making contact more consistently he's not striking out as much he's hitting the ball harder he's making progress in the right direction it's really good to see uh we'll see how long he can keep this up but it is nice to see him making progress in the right direction you know I don't I'm not of the opinion that he's going to be back this season. I don't think he should. I think with the trades they made, there's no reason to bring him back other than, you know, September, defensive replacement, whatever. You know, I think he's done fine. I want to see him finish the year strong. And, you know, so far he's gotten on a good, a fairly good start to, you know, maybe having a strong August and closing this out on a high note. Uh Drew Waters has started to strike out a lot again. He goes through those he You is. know, We've he talked is. about it. You know, he strikes out a lot, then he'll go a while where he doesn't, and then he, you know, It's consistently – see, right now he's not making the same contact he was in July. You know, he's getting a little bit – you know, he's getting deeper into counts. He's walked five times in the last five games – six times in the last five games, excuse me. So, you know, he's he's getting deeper into counts, which kind of has the negative effect that he makes less contact. He gets deeper into counts because he makes less contact, and then he strikes out more because he's deeper into counts. That kind of happens with him. That's kind of – when you see him walking a lot – You see him striking out a lot, too. It kind of goes hand-in-hand with him. But it's good to see him not letting his offensive struggles take him out of games. He's able to get on base, make an impact, not get too excited in the outfield and try to do too much. I'm glad to see him kind of refining that game and being a little more in control when he struggles. I think that's something in the past where he's kind of let it get to his head when he does bad and he presses. He hasn't done that lately. That's a good thing. Obviously, you have to see him hit, but it's good to see him kind of seeming this season to make some strides mentally into being better prepared for the major league level. Um, and then over to William Contreras, which is, you know, hitting. He hasn't hit a home run in a while, but he's had a bunch of extra base hits, had a bunch of hits last week. He really hit the ball very, very well. Um we're starting to see some more strikeouts of late. I don't think that we were expecting him to, like, go forever not tracking out. Like, we expect he's going to strike out some at AAA level. He's still young. He never played AAA before. So seeing him still hit the ball hard, you know, he's done really, really well. I mean, I think you're going to see him back up very – you're going to see him back up in September in some role, and then he's making a case next year of being ready for the major league level again. It's good to see him getting off to a – continuing his hot start. Yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, I actually was kind of looking at Contreras, uh, what, you know, since he's been down in, Gu- in Gwinnett, and it's kind of wild. In his past 23 games down in Gwinnett, he's hit safely in 20 of them, which, you know, considering what the Braves have been trotting out uh, before, you know, the uh, fairly, I guess fairly recently, you know, it's once Darno comes back anyway, you know, it's a little bit frustrating that they have this like offensive production. Now, granted, Contreras going to make this a lot easier if he was actually hitting at the major league level. And he was having issues with sliders there. We haven't really seen those same issues down in AAA. So maybe just kind of playing every day has done him a lot of good. And, you know, kind of just working on things down there, you know, working on his receiving, too. You know, he kind of got a lot of unfair flack considering what happens when, you know, other catchers on the roster, not naming any names, Kevin Smith, whenever there's, you know, there's you know defensive miscues by others that he seemingly was jumped all over by, you know, Atlanta media whenever a mistake was made. Whereas, you know, it hasn't necessarily been the case when others have been behind the plate. But at the same time, I think this has done him a lot of good. It gives him a lot of experience with just kind of working with pitching staffs, you know, just being not in a high profile, you have to perform, environment, which he was kind of forced into, right? Like he was forced into because of the Darno injury. The idea was to keep him in AAA for a while and give him some experience down there. And then he'd been able to get that experience. Uh, one guy I want to highlight too, who's actually been pretty good, is Kyle Wright. He's been like, I mean, you know, I've been fooled by him before. So I don't I definitely don't want to make too much of a sample size, particularly when you're looking at a guy who's going against probably the worst hitters in AAA, since all the guys who are worth anything in AAA generally get called up by now. So I don't want to, like, draw too many conclusions, but at the same time, he's looked pretty good, too. You know, he's 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 missing bats. He's still walking too many guys, and he certainly has times where it looks like he's, you know, he's not trusting his stuff, and he kind of gets a little bit cute. But overall, the last couple starts have been pretty good. The last one was uh, the yesterday, yesterday or the day before. Uh, he was pretty good, and the one before that, he was excellent. Struck out 11 guys. So just a couple guys to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, Contreras, uh, Orlando Garcia has been perfectly fine since going back to Gwinnett. Uh, since, we, uh, being sent back down once all the trades happened and he kind of was the odd man out, especially on the bench. Um, but overall, you know, Gwinnett is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's the, you hope, ho- you yeah. hope that the offense carried by the guys we've mentioned plus, you know, Johan Camargo, uh, chipping in here and there, uh, Travis Demerit when he's healthy chipping in as well. That, that's kind of what Gwinnett is at the moment with a lot of the other guys who are like really kind of the big premium prospects beyond the top two guys, uh, have kind of, Either settled in the roles where they're gonna be stuck in the minors or that they're already in the major leagues right now, particularly in the pitching side. Before we go to Mississippi, we're gonna take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All
2: right, Garrett, we are in the home stretch of the last three levels here to talk about with the Braves minor league system, and we go to Mississippi now, which has been a lot of fun to watch recently because a lot of the promotions that we've seen over the last few weeks have been to Mississippi, especially the ones of note. Talk to me about your guys at Mississippi who've
1: been catching your eye. You gotta start with the pitching staff there. I mean, they it's have so good. three of, three of the top, I'm pretty sure every single, I'm pretty sure Tarnok, uh, Elder, and Strider were all in our top 15. Strider was obviously top 10. And really, I mean, Tarnok, if he continues doing what he's doing, is going to push that. Um, Elder hasn't, like Elder has not really had, I mean, he did throw the combined no hitter, but like, he walked a lot of guys in that, whatever. Helder hasn't had like a single start that's like, wow, he struck out 12 guys and just dominated the game. But he's been so consistent every start. He's giving you six or seven innings every time. He's not going to give up many runs. He's not going to walk the world. He's going to strike out his fisher batters. He's been really solid game in and game out. We've seen a lot of consistency out of him. And I've really enjoyed you know, kind of having a guy that can go in there and give you you know, there's not a lot of guys in this system that can give you six or seven innings. Right now, you know, they're being conservative with guys, and a lot of guys struggle with pitch counts. He's not one of those. He attacks his own, and he does really well. Um, On, you know, Freddie Tarnock, in his three starts, has been mind-bogglingly good. I mean, he struck out a ton of guys. His last start, you know, I watched it very closely. He kind of struggled with his – I mean, he struggled with his command a lot. His curveball wasn't really as sharp as it's been in the past. And so you saw a lot of walks, a lot of more deeper counts. But he still went six scoreless innings, had a few scares in there. But six scoreless innings, struck out six guys. The changeup is so good right now for him. And I think that's such a big key. I mean, he has three pitches that could be, if he can command them. Now, command has always been an issue with Tarnock. If he can command them, all three of those can be above average major league pitches, which is not very many guys can say that they have three pitches at that caliber he really has the stuff to do it it's just again about he has the athleticism just you know refine it get more consistent last week was not a good start in that regard um but even so he struggled with command but he kind of he limited damage he did what he was supposed to and he's really just been fantastic all all season he had one bad start in Rome other than that he's just been lights out Spencer Strider Last week's start, uh I was not on it for the first time in quite a while with Mississippi. I think I did like God. five straight starts of his in Mississippi. I think I had eight of his 14 starts this season. Last week, he struck out 12 guys in six and a third innings. You know, he's kind of like Tarnock, but in that when he's commanding the ball, he's ridiculous. When he's not, he can get hit around a little bit. He'll walk some guys. Last week, he commanded the ball, and it was glorious. I mean... Watching him when he's on, there's no single pitcher in this system that's more fun to watch when he's on. When Tarnock is on, I mean, Strider is on, it is just, you're not hitting him. It's not happening. If Strider is having a good game, the game is over at that point. And, and, and he did that. Um, On the offensive side, um, oh, staying on pitchers, Indigo Diaz, two innings last week, six strikeouts. Can't do any better than that pretty fantastic there um and then i mean mississippi has had so much shay langoliers has been killing the ball the last week you know he kind of went through i don't want to call it a slump because it wasn't bad but he kind of went through a mid-season where he wasn't as good as he was to start the season off and then now he's on a 10 game hitting streak over the last month or so his strikeout rate has dipped significantly it's still not like spectacular it's like 23 or 24 percent but that's an improvement, and I think that, again, that's when we want to see see progress, see where he gets. He's not hitting as many home runs. He was never going to keep up the pace he had earlier in the season, but he's hitting them all hard. He's had a bunch of doubles lately, So, and he's, of course, a menace behind the plate when it comes to throwing guys out. Threw out two guys in one game last week. I, I don't know why. I don't know if they just don't watch film, but he's just been dominating. And then Shoemaker is shoemaker had a couple of games last week uh had a three hit game, had a two hit game. You know he's not been striking out a, a lot lately. I'm growing more and more concerned with shoemaker because he doesn't draw walks, and he's so he's kind of fringy enough that like if a guy is good enough hitting or has enough power it doesn't matter as much if he doesn't walk much because he can make up for it. Shoemaker is kind of fringy enough in every category. He's very good, but those walks and that lack of on-base skill could be enough to sink him completely in terms of his ability to start long-term. And he's just not drawing a lot of walks. And that's a concern for him. Um You know, it is good. I mean, obviously, he's doing way better than he did at the beginning of the season. He's looked really good. It's just, yeah, I definitely want to see him start to draw, be more patient at the plate because I don't think that I don't think that he can survive long term with his profile if he's walking 4 or 5% of the time. I I don't think that he can do that. You know, if he can get out up to 7 or 8%, you can see it, but I don't know if he's going to be a starter at the next level if he doesn't draw more walks than he is now.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been a pretty big turnaround for him in terms of, you know, kind of just showing off the hit tool, which is the one thing we weren't necessarily worried about. But the approach at the plate hasn't been, I think, particularly awesome. Now, some of that's been. Kind of him pushing, you know, himself a little bit after a really rough start to the season. But, you know, he's still not impacting the ball as much as I would like to see. And, you know, when he's not getting on base at a high clip either, it it, it gets tougher to be sure. It's just I thought we were going to get a better sense as to what Braden Shoemake is this season. But, like, you know, the beginning of the season was awful. Like genuinely bad. The first six weeks of the season he was terrible. And then he'll start hitting hitting a whole bunch and that was great. We we love seeing it. Looks like he can I do think he'll stick it short. I do think he's a good enough defender there. But, you know, you wonder about like, you know, how consistent is this hit tool really gonna be? How much is he gonna get on base? Again, I think he's a pretty a pretty fast runner, so he can do things on base once he's there. But and then the power, I don't think I've gotten a satisfactory answer as to whether or not that's gonna be an impact bat long term or not. Now, that doesn't mean you have a bad player necessarily, but you kind of would like to see something being resembling a carrying tool when you're talking about a guy that was picked that highly and you want to see what he could be. And I still don't know exactly what he could be other than a pretty serviceable shortstop who will hit some and occasionally hit for some power, but that's not as exciting as you would necessarily think. So, again, weird situation for him is kind of how up and down his season's been. I think he's looked pretty good lately. Uh, I want to continue to say that Drew Lugbauer has had the season that I never thought he was going to be capable of having. Uh, He's he's been hitting quite well down there in Mississippi. Uh, Trey Harris has been very up and down lately, uh, and that was after kind of a down stretch. So that's been pretty disappointing. I really thought that Trey was going to hit a lot better this year. But hopefully, you know, once he's kind of gets back into the swing of things and kind of gets a normal camp coming off a a year in COVID where he wasn't at uh, at the alternate site, maybe once he kind of, gets back back into the swing of things and things are back to normal for him and he'll start hitting again because this season feels a little bit like a lost season for him because he's just only been okay um and this you know, just to touch on, you know, I mean like that this, this pitching staff I mean we don't even mention Victor Vodnik, who we're not sure if he's hurt or not because Hayden Deal had to come into the middle of the game. Um might be a blister or something like that, but you know, he's been like really, really exciting this year. And that bullpen that has like Indigo Diaz, Brendan White, uh Troy Bacon has been has been good at times this year. And then you have Daisville Hernandez down there. I mean that that's a scary, scary double A team <laughs> to have to go against. Uh offensively hasn't been quite as scary because CJ Alexander has been Basically non-existent. Grayson Janista has been okay at times, uh, particularly the power has been showing up a little bit, but the hit tool probably hasn't been. Uh at least he's been drawing some walks, which has been good. But you know, it's you know, it's it, they're not quite as offensively scary as I think we were hoping they would be, but I don't think they really had to be considering what the rest of this like this pitching staff's been able to do. It's a really, really good pitching staff down there in Mississippi. Uh heading on to Rome, uh, a bit of a Bit of a strange week for Rome, I'll say. Uh, they've they performed reasonably well, and we've seen some of the usual suspects performing pretty well. But I'll I'll cue you in, Garrett. Kind of who's who do you have your eyes on at Rome?
1: let start off pitching, which wasn't there wasn't any like spectacular performances for them last week. Um, Jared Schuster struck out a lot of guys, seven, which is his season high, career high too. Seven is his career high. You know he hasn't walked more than two guys in any start this year, but you know. He is. He gave up three runs. He gave up a big home run, and that's kind of been his entire thing this year. When he struggles, it's because he's giving up a bunch of home runs. He has – or really extra base hits. He has a ton of doubles, 11 doubles allowed this season, six home runs. He's not giving up a ton of hits, and he's striking out a lot of guys, but he's also – when he does give up hits, they tend to go a long way. And it's – you don't like to see a guy getting hit that hard. Uh, especially at this level, especially against a guy that's a first-round pick. You don't want to see him getting hit hard at, you know, high A when he's a college guy. Um, he's been very good. I mean, overall, he's been good. He's striking out guys. He's not walking any a lot. But it's just kind of an you want to see him cut back on the home runs. And I, I've had – given the power surges we've seen from a lot of guys, I do question if the balls have been messed with a little bit. But – even so, he's given up a lot of home runs. Um, then you go over to Darius Fines on the pitching staff. Uh, definitely was not as strong as the seven hitless innings last week. But, he was you know, so good in that start though. Yeah, <laughs> wow, was he was good. spectacular. Uh, you know, he gave up a couple home runs, walked the guys. You know, that's, he's also been in this situation where he's very good, but when he, he can give up the big hit in a hurry because he doesn't have a, spectacular fastball and so when that ball starts to drift over the middle of the zone it gets hit hard it happens a lot with him it's just about getting staying on the edges more consistently he has good command he has good athleticism he just he's given up a few too many home runs this year he walked a few guys last start it's interesting to see the last few starts he's striking out a lot of guys which has was kind of the progression he had at Lowe. started off the year didn't have a ton of strikeouts you know you know, usually about nine per nine. And then at the end of, this, of his stint there, he starts striking out a lot of guys. He's starting to show that at high A, which is good to see. I don't know – I don't see him as a big strikeout guy long term just because the fastball isn't that spectacular. But it's good to see him pitching at a level where you say, okay, he could strike out enough, and he has good enough command that if he can limit the hard hit balls, hit limit the home runs, he can be a major league pitcher. You know, it's just like you say, it's about, you know, his command is good most of the time, but when he struggles, he tends to miss over the plate, which he just doesn't have the stuff to get away with. And that's a concern, but I, I like what he's done really all season. And especially the last start was fantastic. And then this mo- most recent start was, you know, okay outside of the home runs. Um, on the offensive side, Jesse Franklin did not have a very good week. Uh, hasn't been very good at all lately um striking out of really ton bad. we're really uh, bad in august yeah he's going right back to what he was at the beginning of the year so i have absolutely no idea what to think of jesse franklin right now he's really good when he's good and he's really bad when he's bad and who knows what's going on in there uh i don't know it's kind of been weird michael harris has gotten hot again which we all love to see he's had hits in what like 13 of his last 14 or something like, 14 of his last 15. Still like not striking that. out a ton. He's hit a lot more doubles, triples, home runs lately. He's starting to drive the ball more often. You know, still not seeing the home run power. We're seeing more extra base hits, which, you know, is the first step to that. Uh, we're seeing a little bit better approach. You're seeing the progression with him where he kind of – the league kind of caught up to him in the middle of the year. He's adjusting back and starting to hit the ball well again. So it's good to see. Um, You know, this is – you know, we talked about it at the beginning in the show. This is the kind of time of the year where, you know, a guy in his first season of, of uh, full season ball, you know, there's no preparing you for riding through the South on a bus and playing six days a week. There's nothing a college no. coach or a high school coach can do to to prepare you for that. And so, a lot of times, this time of year is where you see guys start to fall off and struggle at the plate because they're just tired. And that happens. And it's good to see him kind of keeping that up. Right now and being able to hit at a high level, even late into a season, that's a really good sign for him. And it's good to see, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he finishes off strong. I think that that's, it's really nice to see him on a run like this, even with the amount of work he's put in this year.
2: Yeah, he's been he's been excellent. He's posted like an 8.30 OPS so far in August, which is you know above what he's posted in in Rome so far, only slightly so. But we're seeing that in terms of some like extra extra a couple home runs here and there, but nothing like no, he hasn't gone wild with power. But I like that he is focused on like drawing a few more walks here and there, impacting the ball more, but not necessarily trying to sell out for it because there's no question he has significant raw power in his bat. There's no question about it. I mean, you only have to like. Look at J.J. Cooper's feed from when he was watching the Futures game, batting practice. I mean, there weren't many guys, period, that were putting up batting practice shows as much as Michael Harris was. But he's still – he's working the other way. He's working on being able to, like, impact the ball on the outside third of the plate, particularly with breaking stuff, you know, taking more pitches, working his walkway up. And he really has done that. I mean, the first couple months he just wasn't walking at all. And now he's really kind of creeping up and, like, being – like working on that on-base kill, you can see a guy developing and getting better and better. And that's that's the one thing I really like about Mike is he seems like constantly working, constantly adjusting, and, you know, just being able to – and he, the, impacting the ball will come as he just gets better and better at kind of handling that stuff. Uh, I, I like that you mentioned the stuff about guys guy gassing in this last month of the season because I think that could be something that's happening with Jesse Franklin since he's played so seldomly over the last couple of years is that, you know, like it's a long season, man, Like and it's hot. And it really like, it sucks the life out of you, uh, as you're gonna go into the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was a big guest. Uh, maybe giving him a day off or two might, might serve him good just because he's, you know, again, just probably tired. Yeah, uh, I, I still like Franklin a lot. I think that once he kind of started swinging more uphill that he, you know, it started, he started to really show what he could be as a player, you know, is there maybe a, a, he's not like an unlimited ceiling guy, right? But he's a really, really interesting player. And particularly as a power bat in a corner somewhere. So, you know, again, I don't want to read too much into the kind of the, the sudden slowdown because these things happen over a long season. Uh, but when you kind of factor in the fact that he looked a little bit rough, to like for the first month, month and a half of the season. It's kind of wild that, you know, he's kind of reverted all of a sudden. You know, it's almost like he like was like given kryptonite or something because for a while there you couldn't get him out and he was just hitting balls 500 feet. So hopefully he can get that turned around. But overall, like nothing super concerning. You know, I I, I kind of echo what you say about Vines and Schuster. Uh, Schuster's case, he's just been fine. Like he's not been a guy I'm like, wow, the guys, the, Bra- the Braves will really get a high upside guy uh with their first round pick i think he's just been good i mean the changeup is legitimately a very very good pitch but the fastballs okay and the breaking balls okay you know and he knows how to pitch so he the the results are generally pretty good but you wonder a little bit about his like what the what the issue is with his long term health you worry about you know is he going to miss enough bats and are you going to worry about if you know people are going to make harder contact as he goes up in level and i imagine that he'll play in double a next year and we'll see if like some of these guys are in double a which is kind of where You'll start to see some guys who are really scary bats. You know, is the changeup going to be enough to keep them off that fastball? Because I think that he could otherwise get hit pretty hard. So, I, I and I don't have a good answer for that. I just don't know. And Vines is a guy that I would really think would be a big benefit to like doing like a like a driveline type thing or just another one of those throwing programs which is geared towards just adding a tick of velocity to that fastball because if it's a, if there's a tick there then all of a sudden the breaking ball and the change up just gets significantly better for him being able to play off that pitch and he just if he can find a tick and just being able to live just a little bit higher velocity wise that would be a big big step forward And i could see him being crazy crazy good all right, Garrett. This brings us to the Augusta Green Jackets, which is usually the period of the show where we start mourning our existence because the Augusta Green Jackets have been pretty unfortunate to watch for you know big chunks of the season. But we've had some positive developments down there in Augusta, and we've had some new faces down in Augusta from the 2021 draft class. So you close us out here with what your thoughts are on the Augusta Green Jackets and how that's been going last week or two.
1: Well, I mean, they went 0 for 0 and six last week, so let's not get too excited. Uh, hey, they hey, get well they're, they're getting they they've they crushed by Charleston this year. They're like four and twenty something against Charleston this year. It's kind of crazy how really bad Charleston's bad. really, really good. And Augusta is not. And that's a huge mismatch. Um obviously every week we gotta talk about uh Von Grissom. He kinda went through a few weeks where he was hitting the ball really hard and getting a lot of extra base hits. He didn't do that last week. Not a lot of extra base hits, not a lot of hits overall. Five hits and 22 at bats. It wasn't great. If that's the worst he plays in a week, that's pretty good. You know, it wasn't great. But it wasn't the worst he could have been. He only struck out four times. Overall, you know, it's the same story. You want to see him hit more fly balls, line drives, see him just drive the ball more often, but, you know, overall, he was fine. He just didn't look, he just didn't have a lot of hits last week. Sometimes the balls fall, sometimes they don't fall this week they weren't falling um we saw the debuts of like six different guys and none of them played particularly well well six different hitters and none of them played particularly well Christian Robinson had like one hit and eight at bats I Justin Henry Malloy had like one hit uh Tyler Tolby had I think a hit or two and then I think um Cal Conley had two hits, which was the high water mark of the entire group, and then he immediately got picked off on the first hit. So you know, overall, not a great uh week for the draftees, but At least it's faces. I'm just glad it's to it's see faces. them there. At this point, I'm just glad they're there. Right, it, it's something new, which is a good sign, even if they haven't played well yet. Um, on the the pitching was more impressive. Um, Austin Smith. Dave Austin Smith was 18th round, 18th rounder, uh, pitched a couple games in relief and looked really, really good. Three strikeouts didn't walk anybody. You know, I think with, you know, with him, he's a pretty exciting arm. Uh, so it's good to see him get off to a good start. You know, he's a relief arm, but at the same time, he pitched well. That's what you want to see. We'll see how he looks going forward. Uh, I like that they're starting Hoffman off as a starter. I think long term, I still think that he's uh, I mean he only went two innings so like calling a start is like a little bit of a stretch but at the same time I think they're going to start him I don't know if I see him as a starter long term but he pitched well other than the home run he allowed um it's decent I like Hoffman a lot I just don't know if he can stick as a starter I but I do like the stuff he has I like the movement on his fastball uh I like the way his slider complements it it's I like Hoffman quite a bit I just don't know if the the third pitch in the command is going to play good enough for him to start but I do like him uh and then of course Joey Assis is you know himself he didn't have a great command week which kind of you know again he's kind of his command has fallen off the last few weeks and he that's a, another position we're at and say eh, this guy might be getting tired right now his command hasn't been great the last five or so starts and that happens with guys. Uh, late in the year, especially a teenage pitcher, he is going to struggle filling, full, uh, finishing out this season. It's going to be a grind for him. And Overall, he still struck out a lot of guys. He allowed three runs last week but didn't really allow a ton of hard-hit balls. It was just more – he walked a lot more guys and are used to seeing him walk, and they came around to score – Again, Charleston's a really good team, so doing what he did against them, striking out eight guys, it was a decent enough start. I liked what he did. You know, it's just seeing if, seeing how he finishes out this year and if fatigue becomes a factor, especially in his ability to maintain his command. I think that that's kind of the key for him. When his command is good, he's really, really good and his command is bad, he's okay. He hasn't really, he hasn't really ha- he hasn't had a bad start all year. He's had a few not very good ones, but he hasn't like had a like six runs into any start all season. He's been really good all season. And so that load of he's pitching fairly deep into ball games every single day. It's going to wear on him and I would not be surprised to see him struggle at the end of the year. Uh, but overall he's definitely lower minor leagues, the most exciting pitching prospect by a fairly wide margin right now.
2: Yep, I couldn't agree more. Um And with that, brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Garrett, before we let everyone go, uh, is there anything else you want to share with them, plug anything, talk about anything?
1: Yeah, uh we all have hardly anything from uh the Florida Complex League, as it's now called. Um I'm never gonna c I'm never going to – it's going to take me forever to call it that. It's I know, just... <laughs> man. It's just – they play like one game a week because – the other five get rained out, so you don't hardly get anything. Oh, Tyler- it's
2: all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I've Florida.
1: Yes. But Tyler Collins, uh, had a couple games to start out. Had a double, had three hits. I'm very excited to see that. I like Collins a lot. Uh, it's good to see him, you know, get an extra base hit in that first game. We'll see how that starts. He's not going to hit for power in the Gulf Coast, in the Florida Complex League, because that, uh, league just No one hits for power there. So he's probably just not going to hit for much power there. He he wasn't going to hit for much power anyways. And with his profile in that league, he's not going to be very good. So unfortunately, eh. But good to see him hitting the ball. I don't think that that level will be much of a challenge for him. I mean, he played in Texas, so he should be able to hit the complex league ball. But other than that, no one really, like... Pitchers aren't really pitching very deep into games. There haven't been a ton of games, so we really haven't, there's not a ton of notes there, but it is nice to see him get off to a good start.
2: Absolutely. I want to take, again, just another opportunity to thank our listeners and our readers for supporting the rankings that we put out over on the site. The support was, frankly, mostly overwhelming. Uh, a few folks were kind of in their feelings about how certain guys were ranked and, you know, why that matters to them in very specific ways, which, frankly, is hard for me to understand as to why they would care as much as they did. But, overall, you know, the support was, the support was great. The support was great on the podcast as well. You guys have been killing it on the downloads. Make sure that you're continuing to download all the podcasts. I mean, look – Sometimes you don't want to listen to the major league side of things. Sometimes you don't want to like you don't feel the need to get caught up on the minor league side. But it does help us out a lot to download the podcast, even if you don't listen to it. And the way the easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the Talking Chop podcast feed. Whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is, you simply search Talking Chop and you subscribe to that feed. Not only will you get this podcast, which is our which are our minor our minor league program, we also you also get the flagship pro program, which is hosted most of the time by the great Brad Roland, sometimes by myself and making his debut on the 300th episode, Scott Coleman was the lead host this past week. Uh, and then frankly, just having him be the lead host is worth the price of admission with the low, low cost of $0. Uh, definitely want to make sure you give that one a listen, but you get that podcast, you get this one, as well as you get the Daily Hammer, which is hosted by Sean Coleman, which is kind of a daily podcast, kind of gets you up to speed, kind of what's going on in the Braves on a day-to-day basis, much shorter format po- podcast posts but one that will kind of keep you in the loop, especially if you're wanting to be constantly immersed in what's going on with the Braves, but maybe you want to just be able to listen to it in the car on the way and not have to read or get caught up. That's a great way to do it. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed and downloading those podcasts. We thank you all so much, and until next time, we'll see you on the road.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
1: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do.